Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. This podcast is all about the outdoors, fitness, and most importantly, living the best life you can, both physically and mentally. I love finding people who strive to be their best at anything they are taking on, such as running, weightlifting, cycling, hunting, you name it. I want to hear their story, and hopefully it gives us all a chance to take something away from it and apply it to ourselves. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Backcountry Cardio Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, and today my guest is Kenneth Thrall. Kenneth is a repeat customer here. Uh, Kenneth is the inventory manager at Kafaru now in, um, where's that out of gate, Kenneth? I can never remember. Uh, we're in Riverton, Wyoming. River Riverton, Wyoming. Okay, yeah. that's, the, that's the word. Um, he <laughs> killed a monster buck this year in Wyoming in his first year there. And he's just going to take us through that story. Uh, so we're happy to have you back. Uh, and yeah, go ahead, Kenneth. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure if last time we talked, I mean, we, last time we talked, it was mainly elk, pretty elk heavy. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I told you that I put in for tags and everything, and I didn't end up drawing the general elk tag. So I knew I was going to draw the deer tag, but so that kind of put a wrench into my September just because I've, we, I mean, we talked about it before is like, I love elk. So after that, I didn't draw the general elk. I put, I was going to put all my effort into that deer tag archery and then going into rifle season. So, um, and I, summer, not to, but I, I, I assume you didn't draw that tag, right? Because you're not a resident yet. Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing okay. is the, once you move to Wyoming, you have to wait a year to become a resident and, right. But if you move to Wyoming and have non-resident points, um, you can take advantage of that, which I did have points. So, um, okay. yeah, so I made sure because me hunting, well, I'm not hunting a year is pretty, that'd be extremely painful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's all I do. We talked about it before. It's, you know, it's, it consumes my life and that's my main focus for everything. So, you know, I still had a deer tag and I know a deer tag anywhere in Wyoming is a pretty good tag. So, um, I decided right then and there, we talked about how hard I scout for elk. I would just put those right into scouting for deer. Um, Dan and I, Dan, he's our shipping manager now. And, um, but we were scouting ever since the beginning, as soon as the snow melted, we were out scouting for deer, um, which was probably a little too early sometimes because we get into areas and there wouldn't be anything, but we got into areas and would see the type of terrain and how it could hold deer and old sign of deer. So we started hitting those areas and there's one specific area I scouted where I started to find some really good bucks. Um, one buck in particular, he's probably in that 170, 175 range. And that's, you know, for me coming from coastal uh, Oregon, just black tails, like, no, that's a big deer. So I right. would put my main focus into him. And I kept trying to scout him, but the area I was in was heavily timbered and I would spot him in meadows. So the only really thing I could do was kind of ambush him. And it was coming down the season. I kept scouting, scouting, and I'd only see him like every other week, you know, and um, there's a bunch of other bucks around, but nothing was ever bedding in areas where I could stalk them for archery. So I was talking actually to Jaden Bales um, and he said, you know, just kind of asking me because in, in with hunting with elk, I like to have multiple spots. And that's something I did lack on this year was not having multiple spots, like not having a backup plan in a way. 
So I was talking right. to him a couple weeks before season and he's like, you know, what's your backup plan? I was like, well, you know, I, was, I wanted to go check this area out. I haven't done it yet. He's like, well, he's like, you should go scout your main area. Then halfway through the weekend, go over and check that area out. So that got my brain turning. I was like, yeah, I need to go check that area out too. Um, so I didn't see anything on my main spot. It was August um, 19th. Didn't see anything. Yeah. I didn't see that big buck and then saw a little, a little four by three and so I decided to bomb off the mountain and go to this other area. Um, this other area is pretty, it's like a micro, micro basement in a way and that, but it looked good on maps, obviously to, for archery stocks, but. It right. And I was going to, and I was going to ask all this, all, all other than when you got there, most of where you're hunting, you just kind of started going off maps, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, okay. I was studying maps very hard and, and the thing is, coming from uh, being a non-resident, right? Technically, my license plate, my driver's license says I'm a resident, but my tag still says non-resident. So I can't hunt any sort of wilderness. So I'm literally right. picking apart everything to try to figure out where I can go. Um, so this kind of little area I wanted to check out. And so I hiked in there. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this looks this looks really good. There's deer sign down the the bottom meadows you know some going through it looked like a lot of doe sign but going through and i'm sitting there and i'm still thinking like man should i've kind of stayed just to see if that buck was going to come out you know on those meadows but like man i just need you know just calm down and wait you know so sitting there i'm not seeing much um i saw two two little forked horns come out they were just hanging out together and i wasn't seeing any other deer and then finally it was about 10 minutes before dark i glassed a mile to my left and that's when i saw that buck um <laughs> he popped out it was august 20th when he popped out and uh and season I, starts when there so it starts september 1st okay just like colorado okay yep 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 so as soon as soon as i saw him my you know just that whole like oh shit moment i'm like oh my god like that's that's kind of like that's when i realized the level of a deer that i was looking at before four and then this one just you know dwarfed him um right so i saw him i got you know i didn't have a a, a phone system with me to get good video i kind of got pictures off my uh, spotting scope but i got a good look at him and then on his if he's facing you his left side he has six on that his left side and then four on the right um so i'm looking at him i'm like man he's you know he's he's big so quickly my backup plan turned into my main plan you know <laughs> it was like okay, yeah I'm absolutely yeah this this caliber deer and so quickly changed i saw him for a little bit he went back in the timber and then i got a brief glimpse of him the next morning that was sunday morning um and then he he went through a meadow with a couple bucks and i didn't see him after that and so the next morning was he was he still same exact area same spot pretty much yep Yep, he was about uh, probably 250 yards lower than what he was. He was just moving through a meadow, like, you know, coming out of his, you know, going out morning feed. Um, right. But so my plan was then, I was like, okay, you know, I know he's in here. I need to, you know, obviously go back to work. So went back and then, I'm, you know, the next weekend would be the, the weekend, weekend before opening day. So I was like, I really need to figure out what he's doing. So mm -hmm. where I spotted him was, it was about a mile to my left. And I was thinking, man, I have to get over to that area, but I don't want to get too close because I want to get a better view. 
steps, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to where I first was, where I first bought them from Friday night, just to be there. And, mm-hmm. um, and if I see him over there, then I'll move closer. But <clears throat> so I got over there Friday night, sat there and just kind of waiting for dark. And I glassed up a decent four point. He's probably like, you know, I think around that 150 range, 145. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking at him and then, and this is straight across from where I was camped. So about 500, you know, 500 to 600 yards on this hillside. I'm glassing and then I, I see a deer up above him. And, and it's funny because I saw him on August 20th and his, his coat was completely gray. No summer coat whatsoever. Um, yeah, you sent me, you showed me pictures, um, you know, why I think you've posted them on Instagram too at this point. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I sent you pictures before I killed him. And right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and you could see um, his just full gray coat. I'm not even sure. I never saw him before if he even had a summer coat. You know, like, um, it didn't look like even the 20th when I saw him that he had any orange on him. But I, uh, I saw this deer up above the chute above where the four point was about probably 150 yards. And as soon as I saw the body of the deer, I'm like, oh, my God, like he moved all the way to my side. And well, I was just going to say, cause, cause right now he's only about six, 700 yards away from you, from what you're saying. Yep. yep he's only <laughs> boom right there. And, you know, obviously that got me thinking, it got me excited, but then also got me thinking, I'm like, man, he moved a long ways, kind like not really a long ways, but in that summer time period, I just didn't think he would, but mm-hmm. so he moved straight across from me. I got really cool video of him, watched him all night woke up in the morning and he went down the ridge probably 300 yards but he was lower he fed till probably 9 30 and i watched him got awesome video and he was with and the interesting thing is he was with another forked horn and that same forked horn he was with on the 20th so he's still with him on the 27th and so i watched him all morning and then i saw him again that following night so he didn't move much he moved probably one ridge over but he started moving back towards where I saw him on the 20th. So I'm thinking in my mind, maybe he's just going to grid that hillside, just kind of right. moves, moves through it. Right. Exactly. And, and in my mind though, like I'm not a master mule deer hunter. I've actually only got to hunt them one time, like truly go out and high country hunt. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, being around enough, still a mile of country. Like if he's moving just a mile, that's still so much country to actually try and find one deer. So even though he was kind of like, man, he's, he, he moved, like you said, he moved a long ways over to here. It could take a long time to find a deer in a, in a mile range of mountains. Oh, hundred percent. And it wasn't like, it was like a high country basin either. I mean, there's right, lots exactly. of trees. Yeah. A ton of trees. So, um, so I saw him that, so there've been that Sunday, and then I went back and so opening day was on a Thursday. So my plan was I was going to get off work Tuesday and then find him Tuesday night, hopefully, and then see him Wednesday and then kill him sat on September 1st. So I go in the following Tuesday. So it wasn't, it was only a few days of after seeing him. And first thing, and it was funny cause I got in there around four and right at like four forty five, I spotted him and he actually moved a little bit to my right. He, he moved back directly across from me about 550 yards, 500 yards. And so 
you can imagine I'm pretty excited. Uh, Tuesday night, I see him in a couple of days. I'll be could arrow him, and right. So I'm I'm pretty excited, and but I see him that night, and so I saw him at 4:45. He just moved through the timber and bedded down, and then I saw him come out like the last five minutes of light, and so the next day was Wednesday, and I sat there, glassed all morning, all day, and never saw him once. So, and it's, it's the hillside is right in front of me. So I, you know, I'm glassing the hell out of it. And I, I got over the course of this hunt, I glassed every single nook and cranny of this hillside, but I was glassing this hillside. I never saw him Wednesday all the way through the day. So I'm a little in my mind, you know, I'm thinking, man, he's still here, but, um, he's still thinking maybe he moved. And so I'm sitting there, wake up September 1st, all excited and, I don't see him at all on uh, through the morning. Nothing through the morning. I moved or down the ridge, kind of checking different areas, trying to get different angles on the hillside, and never saw him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Anders' um, coworker, he showed up, and so we he he was a real MVP, and he's really he's actually my boss. But he he's he had the tag too, but he mainly just came there to help me try to kill this deer. So I definitely give him big props for doing that. And so he came Saturday night or Thursday night, which is September 1st. We're sitting there glassing and seriously only like two minutes before dark, he pops out and he popped out right in the same exact spot. He was Tuesday night. So he came out of that same bed. So, so he'd been, in, he'd been right there excited. the whole time. He'd been right in front of my face the whole time. So my theory was, is that he was feeding so much at night, like outside of the timber. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't big timber either. Like it was only like a 20 yard stretch, but okay. it wasn't until I went to that side when I saw underneath the timber that there's a lot of feed underneath it. He never mm-hmm. really had to come out. So I got a glimpse of him then, which reassured me that he's there. And so September 2nd comes glass in the morning, early morning, nothing. We're seeing all the small deer, all the smaller bucks. And he, we're sitting there glassing and randomly at 11 a.m., boom, he's right, he's right in one of the openings, just standing there. And I'm, and these openings that I would see him in were only like 10 yards to 20 yards apart. Like it wasn't, you know, big openings. So boom, he's in the, in the opening and he's moving, he's over to his right of where he was the night before, but he's moving back to his left. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to go back to that bed. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to cut him off. I'm going to get, you know, right near his bed, and then he'll walk across that hillside and can shoot him. So, which was, which in hindsight is a big mistake because, you know, trying to shoot, especially at night figure now, a mature deer on his feet where he's pretty alert. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's definitely <laughs> a little risky. Now I'm, I'm glad I didn't totally blow him out then, but I got to that side and then... I was in within a hundred yards of him, but I checked the wind and it was not good. So I totally. Could you see out. him when you were when you were that close? Nope, I couldn't see up above the hillside. I could see the shoot, the the little avalanche shoot he was in, but I couldn't see where he was. So okay. I kind of got discouraged. I was like, "Man, this isn't good. I can't even see Anders for him to track me in." So I went back to him and 
I'm like, where'd he go? And he's like, well, he moved up and then he went into this little group of trees and he hasn't came out. He's like, I think he bedded there. So I take my spotting scope out and I zoom into the trees and I have, I have video of him, but he stood there. Like he was just standing there looking down to where I was alert, you know, and he heard something Mm -hmm. down there, but he stood there for an hour. Wow. Just looking down alert, like not, not, you know, moving at all he just had his ears up looking down he moved his head side to side and that was it and crazy yeah so i was sitting there like this is blowing my mind and so typical deer fashion even blacktails they do this but you look over i said something to honors look back and the deer's gone i'm like oh my god you know how do you get through because he was in a group of trees but he had to bust out both ways for me to see him like you know Mm -hmm. and i never saw him i don't know where he went i'm like maybe he went quickly to the right and bedded down but so we're sitting there and i think it was around 1 30 there's this there's this bed that i could see through the trees and when i'm when we're scouting it and everything and i was always thinking man if a deer beds there i could stalk above him and sure enough i look and this is like probably 60 yards from where we last saw him so he had to go across this hillside to get to there actually probably more probably 80 yards um, but I'm looking and boom, I see him. He's bedded right in that bed. So he went through a few openings and we never saw him. And that's crazy. It was, it was wild. I was like, but instantly, <laughs> as soon as I saw him, he's facing, looking downhill. I'm like, honors, I'm going now. I'm like, I'm going to go up around him. I'm going to sneak through the timber, you know, through this little patch and then I'll be right above him. So, but you know, you know, when you're talking about him getting through that stuff, like you said, you mentioned Blacktail, and obviously we're from the same general area in Oregon. Yeah. And yeah. Um, is I I couldn't tell you how many times I spotted bucks, and I they would disappear, and you're like, oh, they had to go this way, and you start going walking, and the next thing you know, they're like, you've passed them, they're behind you, or like you just walk right up onto them because you don't even realize like they're so sneaky. And it's just like, how did you get here? And I didn't see you. I don't know how many times I got blown out. Like, like just like, boom, there it is right in front of me. I'm like, how did I miss you? You were right there. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you see a deer, you know, in the open and then finally you find him bedded and he was bedded in the wide open. Like after he's, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy how, how they can do that. And so that's the thing is like, I was watching him. And when he bedded, he's facing away. So I'm like, if I come above him, I'll be fine. Like, obviously, if I'm quiet, I have these stocking socks I have. And so I get over to his side and I took, this is a good thing. And this was the first stock I ever put on a bed of mule deer ever. So I took a picture before going, you know, put a little blue mark or a little uh, edit it and put a little mark where he was in the timber, like underneath this tree. So I get to that side. That's a smart move. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, having Aaron in my corner have helped a lot with killing this deer. Right. But yeah, so um, but so I'm going over there and I'm sneaking above and I, I kept checking this little drainage, you know, on my phone and checking in there. I'm like, OK, the drainage is right there. And he's underneath this tree that's, you know, a, a dead tree and he's underneath this spruce that's underneath that. So I'm checking it and I ranged it and he was only um, 50 yards away. Uh, roughly 50 55 and so but you can't see him yet i can't see him yet it's a rolling hill so i know mm-hmm. I, I ranged the tree just straight across i'm like okay, okay he's close like and that's when it really hit me i'm like oh my god i'm really close but the cool the crazy thing is 
every time I get to that side, so wherever we were glassing from, it was pretty windy. When we when I get to his side, it was dead quiet. Dead oh, quiet, no wind. No wind, but you know, it's just a steady wind that's coming up. I'm like, wow, right. you know. And so, you know, I'm sneaking through quiet, quiet, and then I'm thinking I can arrange that tree again. I arrange the rock. There's this rock in front of me. I'm like, if I get to that rock, I'll be 30 yards from that tree. And if I just stand up and boom, I could shoot him. If he's still there, I don't even know. But so I keep going, keep sneaking, sneaking. And I get to that rock and I peek over. And in the process of me sneaking on him, he, he stood up and rebedded. So he stood up, rebedded facing up towards me. So, oh gosh. Ander said that about five minutes before I shot that he got up, looked uphill, and then just sat back down looking uphill. So he hmm. must have heard something, you know, definitely. And right. he just wanted to confirm whatever he heard, he's going to look up at it. So that kind of like when I peeked over, I could see his rack looking at me. And so I'm like, okay, like I need to shoot. Like I can't, you know, be messing around because he mm-hmm. knows something up here. So I pulled back behind the, tr- the rock. I stood up to like a half crouch and at the half crouch, I could see his head, his neck. There's a branch going through like underneath his neck. And then what I believed was his chest underneath the branch. And there's a Mm -hmm. tree to his, to looking at me, looking down at him, there's a tree to his left. And that branch comes through there. Boom. He's right underneath that. So I put that, I put it right on his chest, let her rip. And I thought I was already high-fiving. I'm going over to Anders. I just smoked deer. And pow, the arrow destroys a rock. And oh it was, it's, it's like the tunnel vision. So his gray body was perfectly color with that rock. So underneath the tree branch, right in front of his chest, was a, there was a big, huge rock to the left of the tree uh, trunk. And it mm-hmm. curves out, comes, just pokes out of the, on, on the other side of it. So I'd say about five yards in front of him, that rock was just blocking his chest. And then the branch was hanging over it. So, uh, I mean, it's so obviously. Could, yeah, because yeah, it, it blended in. You couldn't tell. Yep, I couldn't tell. I thought it was just his body underneath. So I was like, okay, I'm just, uh, I just put it on there, executed it. I mean, I 12 ringed that rock. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I absolutely smoked it. And. But as soon as that arrow hit that rock, he, boom, he busted out. He, I, it was like a flash, just boom, he's out. And I ran to the top of this rock and I'm looking down. I don't know where he went. And obviously that, that hurt a lot. <laughs> that was pretty, right. yeah. Cause, and then obviously I'm replaying it back. I'm like, man, if I would have just stood straight up and not being crouched down, I could have just stuck him. But mm-hmm. in my mind, why I shot him half crouches was if I stood straight up, he would have just instantly blown out you know, right. and I wouldn't get the shot off, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely hindsight, but that was a, that was a long walk of shame going back. And, but did, so Anders, so could Anders, did he see it happen? This, this is a thing. So Anders in the process of this, he was moving his tripod over to the left to get a different angle on him to see better. And mm-hmm. when he looked, he saw the deer, went to put the tripod leg down, looked back. I was standing in its bed. So oh, he gosh. never saw where the deer busted out to, which, you know, which was big because I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he blew out of the whole basin. I, and I still don't know where he went, but mm-hmm. so that was the second and 
going back, I'm thinking he's gone. Like he, he, he's an old deer, obviously, and he's not going to put up with that. But so we looked the, the, that night, never saw him on the hillside. We looked the next day, nothing. And we ended up, you know, after everything, I had got to go back to work. So that whole week I am losing my mind. I'm like, man, I just had this chance at him. I scouted him, could have killed him. And then, but I'm talking to Aaron. Aaron's kind of talking me off the cliff, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. talking about past experiences and everything. But he's like, he's like, dude, he'll, he'll, that deer will be back in three to five days. He just needs, you know, to calm down. I talked to other people um, and they're like, you know, making good points in a sense that he survived that encounter. He, they, that deer think of us as predators. They think of us right. as, a, as a cougar. They think of us, you know, so he survived that encounter in that bed that even now he could feel even more confident on the hillside. So right. oh, that makes sense. I never, I would have yeah. never considered that, but now that you're saying it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that, that all started making sense. And then I'm like, all right, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm obviously going back in there no matter what. So I go back in there. What was that? So the following Friday, um, yeah, the following Friday, I come back in and, um, I don't see him at all. Nothing. I see all the small deer, the smaller bucks, glassing them up. Next day, I'm, I'm kind of losing my mind at that point. I'm like, all right, I'm going to check all the trails that are going out of this basin or out of this area to make sure he didn't bomb over to the other side. And so I, I did 10 miles that day. Uh, so that would have been Saturday. I did 10 miles that day checking all the trails. And Anders, was, Anders came back with me, and he was glassing that hillside all day never saw him but yeah, i checked all sucks. the trails yeah and i never saw a big track leaving leaving the base leaving it you know so i'm okay. like okay either he's just totally down the timber right now or he's on that hillside so i get back to anders and it doesn't help the moon the moon and everything it was pretty bright at night and i know those deer are feeding pretty heavily but mm -hmm. just the way even the younger back the younger bucks were acting but so we get back in Next thing, I'm like, okay, let's, we got to keep, you know, keep just classing. Sunday morning, soon as it gets light, I can just, it's that gray light early morning. And it, we got, you know, we're using good glass, so we can see pretty well in that early, early gray light. And right. I see a deer, I see a deer's ass in the, in the bottom of the basin. And, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, that, that looks like a deer. And then finally it turns broadside. I'm like, okay, that is a deer sitting there glassing it, glassing it. And I put the spotter on it. It's still pretty, really, really early light. And the deer picked its head up. And when it picked its head up, I could, there's a rock behind it. So I could see a frame, just a boom, a big frame. And the thing is where this deer was, there was no other deer even close to how big he was. Nothing. There was that 145, 150 buck. That was it. And then the other ones were smaller forked horns, you know, uh, smaller four by threes or whatever. Um, Interesting. But yeah, it was, it was very interesting in the spot that he was in. And so I see this deer and I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, Anders is him. Like I see him and typical deer, you know, I'm looking, looking, then he's gone. I, I don't know where he went and I'm sitting there and then a deer, there's a deer there in the, in the view. I'm like, okay, there he is. But no, it's, it's a small deer. Boom. Another deer pops out. It's a small one, another one. And it's the, you know, the smaller bucks we've been seeing. Mm -hmm. So we watched them feed up through the morning and everything. And in my mind, I'm thinking, did I just totally imagine him, you know, just imagine seeing that deer. Um, 
so going through the morning, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, I'm pretty confident I saw him, but then again, you start second guessing after all those smaller deer were that right there. Cause right. by the time, Oh, that was what I was going to mention. By the time hunting season came around on when I saw him the Tuesday night before September 1st, he was solo. He was solo by himself. No, no, no other deers with no other deer with him. And he was a jerk to those other forked horns. Whenever they got around him, he would push them off. But okay. Yeah. So he was solo. And so then I'm starting to think, I'm like, man, he wouldn't be with those forked horns, you know, if I saw him, but so I'm sitting there and it got around to around 11 and, you know, it, so deer, I started re- definitely realizing Aaron always talked about it is deer getting up for their second bed. They'll feed for a second and then bed again. So, well, sitting there. so my buddy, Mac, who, who's been on the podcast, I mean, he's, he is a mule deer guru and he says he glasses all day for that reason. He says yep. so many guys will go back to camp, do whatever. And he said, for, I can't remember what he said, like one or two or something, but whatever the time he just said, those deer mm-hmm. will stand up at some point during the day and I want to be there when they do. So, and, he, he, and he, even that goes for blacktails too. I mean, we killed a mm-hmm. lot of blacktails around that 11 to one, like the time. Mm-hmm. Frame. And so I'm sitting there and finally glassed up this buck, small fork of horn. And then I see a deer through the timber feeding, like, you know, it's open on their hillside, but the trees are growing up. So I could see a deer working its way through on below him. So I looked at him and I'm like, oh my God, it's that four point. Which the four point, I haven't seen some t- since September 1st, the, the okay. smaller four point. So I'm like, okay, like, and I'm at a point now and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill that deer, you know? So I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm trying to figure out where he's going to bed. And then I see another forked horn with him and watching them, watching them. Finally, he beds down. The other bucks are above him starting to you know they're still feeding but he's bedded down and i can tell he's gonna bed there for a while so i'm glassing him underneath that tree i'm trying to figure out a plan and in my mind i'm like okay i want to get another angle just to see where he's like physically if i can get behind him and even get a shot or get in front of mm-hmm. him and have to get a shot so you still to, you're I, still archery hunting at this point right yep so this would this would have been uh the 11th yep it okay. was september 11th so the 11th I'm sitting there glassing and I moved to my left probably uh probably 100 yards just to see a different angle and I get to that angle and I'm looking at him I see his chest his front legs and he's he's tucked underneath a tree and but to my right out of of the corner of my optic I see something turn like underneath the tree and I look I'm like oh my god there's a front forks and then instantly I just like holy shit that's him he he was tucked underneath the tree, bedded, mm, and okay. right next. He was he was within probably three yards of that of that four point, and then wow. he had all the other forked horns around him. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow. Like, obviously, I'm very excited. I ran back to Andres. I'm like, dude, he is here. He's still here, <laughs> and I'm ecstatic. I'm, but I, you know, I'm just trying to think of how how am I going to kill him now? He's in between these bucks. And I can barely see him into the, into the um, trees. But finally, he, he did get up to feed. So he got up to feed, and he started working his way down. And I got some video of him. This little forked horn got close to him. He kicked him out. and But he went and bedded right in between. So he bedded about probably 40 yards from the four point 
and then that little fork and horny pushed off, bedded below him. So he he had a full buffer around him. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's Sunday, and I know that the following would have been Thursday was opening day of rifle season. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I can't. I can't blow him out again because I think that could probably be the deciding factor in a way, you know. Right. And, and, and have you seen any? Have you seen any other hunters in here? No one, not a single okay. person. Yeah. Okay. So that that took into account. I'm like, man, I haven't seen anyone. I feel like it could be a zoo once rifle season opens, but I hope I'm right here in the perfect spot. I know where he's kind of, where he is in general location. I haven't seen anyone scouting. I haven't seen no one knows of this deer, right? So mm-hmm. I am going, going through my mind. Anders is talking to, he's like, dude, just come back in, relocate him Wednesday and then shoot him, you know, uh, the 15th and kill him. So we decided that I watched him and he went, and the thing is where he moved to, I couldn't see embedded. The only two times I saw embedded was when I took a shot and missed him. And then when I relocated him with that four point. Those are the only times I ever saw him physically bedded. So he went to a group okay. of trees and I couldn't even see him. But in my mind, I'm still an aggressive elk hunter. You know, I'm like, I want to go, you know. And But then, it, you know, I, I backed out and came back that Wednesday. And I knew coming into that week of the opening day rifle that we were going to get some weather. So coming from Oregon, weather excites me. Like, it's no matter what it is, it's, I know for a fact, if you hit it just right, you're going to kill something, kill something big. Absolutely. Yep. So I am, I'm excited. I'm like, okay. And when I'm hiking in, it's probably gonna be raining, but when I get set up and everything, you know, there's going to be good moments. And so I'm hiking in the 14th and I get close to the drainage and there's this deer. This is around two, 2 PM. There's a deer in this chute that I can see from where my glassing point is, but I'm glad I'm walking to it and i'm like oh my god that's a big body deer and i look at it and it's it's a three point he's probably like 24 inches wide like outside spread and so he's a good buck and he has so he's a straight three on one side and then on his other side he has a back fork and then no front fork so he just three by three and okay. he already rubbed he has these like dark red antlers um like burgundy red rubbing on the trees and so i'm looking at him i'm like man like in my mind i'm thinking i cannot shoot this deer like you know if i see this because this i haven't seen this deer before and so i'm like man if i see that deer tomorrow would i shoot it just because i know the chances because i don't know if this bigger buck rubbed and what his schedule you know mm-hmm. you know you have time frames so i'm sitting there pondering that i go back that deer fed there all day and i never saw that big buck on wednesday night so I'm sitting there all night. I'm thinking, man, he's, you know, he still could be in here. We got this weather. And the next day was weird. Cause it rained that, um, that Wednesday and it was clear Thursday and we're supposed to get more weather in Friday. So it was clear all the way through. Um, so it had been Wednesday night. It was clear. And then it was clear through the day. So I wake up in the morning instantly. I spot that three point and that's when it was like, okay, now I got to make a decision. Um, at one yeah, point, it's 24 I, inches. I mean, that's a, that's a nice buck. Like that, that's I it's mean, a great bigger buck. than anything I've ever killed. <laughs> so well, yeah. Bigger than anything, I mean, yeah. And I was sitting there and, you know, I, I loaded up everything 
But then I started, you know, second guessing. I'm like, why, why am I doing this? I still have, cause I dedicated, I think it was five total hunting days to kill this deer that opening weekend of rifle. So I was mm-hmm. like, I have totally, I have time. I just need to calm down. I know there's going to be weather in tomorrow, you know? So, and I knew if I'm second guessing right now, I wouldn't be fully happy killing that deer. Um, which mm-hmm. is hard for me. I mean, I, 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 I'll admit, like, I haven't passed much, you know, um, for quality deer wise. So, um, passed them up. I didn't even look at them again. <laughs> just totally kept just glassing the hillside. I'm trying to find the deer. Um, go through. I spotted some other bucks that were about, they were in the same shoot. I first saw the deer. There's another four by three. Um, so they're about a mile away to my left. Another four by three, another three point. And so I'm sitting there and in my mind, I'm thinking, why am I seeing all these new deer? I'm still seeing the same ones I've seen, the little fork and horns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, small three points and stuff. I'm still seeing those, but I'm starting to see new deer. And that kind of worried me in a sense, like, man, are the deer kind of moving a little more now? So right. comes to the next, yeah. And so it comes to the next day, Friday, the 16th, I wake up, it's dead calm, dead calm, but I know weather's coming. And it was the first like, 20 minutes 30 minutes of light sitting there glassing i don't see anything nothing at all and that's when the storm hit freaking i can't see like 20 yards in front of me there's it's snowing so i'm like okay now it's time to go back to the tent (laughs) so i went yeah i went back to the tent hunkered down and i'm sitting there but i'm still thinking once this clears it's going to be good so i kept checking my phone and in the nearest town it was showing that it was going to clear around two so okay, around that time frame, it might it's gonna clear up here, and so I'm sitting there, and so roughly almost seven hours laying in the tent, you know I I couldn't sleep at all because I'm I'm excited I know that once it clears it's gonna be good, and it comes around like one thirty, and I start getting stuff around and I get out of the tent like one forty five, start walking up to the glass knob and I can see the fog starting to lift, and in my mind I'm thinking. I should glass. I, I keep glassing back to where I last saw him, back to where I last saw him on the 11th. So first thing I do, as soon as that fog lifts up, I glass up, boom, there's a deer. I can see a deer in the rocks right to the left of where he was. And I'm like, I'm praying. I'm like, please, please don't be a small, please don't be one of those small forward horns. And <laughs> so I, I put soon, as soon as I put the spotter on him, he picks up his head. I'm like, Oh my God. Like that's him. And and how far is he away right now? So that's the, that's the thing is where he was, I can only take a long distance shot at him. So I can only shoot him at 550 to 600 yards because if I went down in the basin, it's such a steep angle. I can't see through the trees where he is. Right. And I'm at the tippy tip point of this little um, micro ridge. If I move left to right, I'd be shooting farther. So okay, I'm at the tip and I know for a fact he's around 600 yards but the difference between 600 and 620 is pretty drastic right so mm-hmm. i'm sitting there and it's still foggy and i could just see him and i'm trying to range it and i cannot get a range to save my life i'm sitting there and it's it's hitting like 96 yards you know just not hidden and i think right. I, i'm glad it happened because it, it definitely calmed me down a lot better i got i got a full setup down you know good shot setup so I'm sitting there and it's uh, 10 minutes later, I'm finally, I get it to hit and it hits 618. And in our, you have an app, it's a shooter app. So I, I already had the, the weather down, barometric pressure and all that. I put in 
um, 618 yards, and it pops up 11.1 MOA. So dialed it to 11.1. I looked at my phone because my phone is still on the spotting scope. I'm like, oh, he's broadside right now. Like, perfect. And press record, get on the gun, take some deep breaths, feel good. Boom, shoot off, and he just drops. Just drops right down (laughs) and... Oh man. And, and that's the thing is like, I rarely, I don't get animated very much. Like especially mm-hmm. after killing something, but I was, I was pretty excited. I, uh, I, you can hear in the video, like after I shoot, he drops and then you hear in the end, it's like, Oh my God. And then I grabbed the phone <laughs> and I, I grabbed the phone and I just ran right like 150 yards to the glassing or this, uh, this rock. I had like really good service that ran to the top of it. And I called Aaron. I was like, dude, I just killed him, you know, just, and, he was he was driving to Colorado for his elk hunt, but he was uh, he was pretty excited. And you know, I told him, you know, I just I just killed him. He's like, "Have you went up to him?" I'm like, "No, I just shot him." You know, and, right? Yeah. And oh man, after after dropping him, and then I'm sitting there, you know, thinking about everything to go over and get to him. Um, it doesn't help in this area. I think on that weekend, I saw three different grays when I was hunting him. So. You know, and that's oh, kind of okay. in the back of my mind, but I'm not too terribly worried. Um, but still, it's like I am solo. You know, just got to be smart. But I got everything around, and I start heading up to him, and he's he's on this steep hillside, a steep like I was, and that's where he was the week before. I'm like, man, this would have been nearly impossible to stalk him with archery, especially where he was mm-hmm. bedded, just because how steep it was and the topography. Like you'd have to get there's big rocks, boulders, and stuff. And, um, but I got up and then boom, a deer pops up, like standing right where he was. And in my mind, I'm thinking instantly, I'm thinking it's him. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and so I kind of like, we have our, you know, prefer we have our gun bears. So I start to like partially click off the gun bear and I'm like, wait, you know, just calm down. You smoked him. And sure enough, the deer takes a couple trots, look over and I'm like, oh, okay. It's that other four point. So those two bucks have been chilling in that one little spot as far as I know, since the 11th, they didn't move. They were just right in that little area. And then, and where I shot him, like elevation wise, like he still had a bunch of feed. Like he was eating really good. This, the, the fat on this deer was insane. And well, I mean, I mean, obviously he had no reason to, right? There was nobody in there. I mean, other than nobody. your one, other than your one scare and archery, I mean, to him, that's, you know, he probably gets a cougar after him every six months. It's probably like, okay, whatever. Exactly. And, and after, you know, after I killed him, I I'm going up to him. I'm like, man, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, ground growage or ground shrinkage. He definitely had some more ground growage. <laughs> I got right. to him like, man, like he is, cause his body was so big and I'm looking, I'm like, man, he has mass. And I started looking at his teeth. I'm like, he is an old deer. Um, I still need to send the tooth in to get him aged. Um, at first I was thinking he's probably four and a half, five and a half, but after talking to some people, like they're thinking he's upwards of six and a half up. Um, right. I mean, he was at the, I mean, it looks like he's at the peak of his, uh, I mean, you know, prime, yeah. like, I mean, he's not going to get any better. I wouldn't imagine. And that's the thing. I, it's, it'd be interesting to find out if he is on like the year of his downfall, like he, maybe he's coming down off of it. Um, so we ended up, you know, I, I killed him, got him packed out well i cut him up and i was sitting there thinking i was like man like i still have the weekend and it's around four o'clock right now i don't really want to just pack him out in the dark 
was like, I'll just bring him back to camp, build a fire, you know, cut up, yeah, skin out his head and stuff, and then pack him out in the morning. So mm-hmm. that was a pretty cool moment in a sense. Like I took him back to the camp, that camp that I've been staying at since August 20th, every single weekend. Right. right? And so I'm sitting there. I got, I got this buck that I found that going in there. So, and it, that was one of the coolest things is finding an animal and actually going for him and killing him. Right. And when I'm hunting elk, it's mainly, <clears throat> I do scout very hard and I find animals, but I'm an opportunity elk are all big. So I'm going to shoot whatever, you know, comes in front of me. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, in my hunting, like I've only been able to do it with one bear where I I've killed a couple other animals that I had on like cameras, but yeah. I've only been able to, with one bear that I shot, like, okay, I want, I know this bear is right in here. I want to find him. And other than that, everything's been like, okay, well, there's the animal, there's a deer, whatever. It's like, let's shoot him. <laughs> so, yep. It, it, yep. It, so, you got to, you, you got to be dedicated, man. Like you're, you're dedicated and you have time. So you put those two things together and you, you can do it. Exactly. And, and that's how, that's how my brain works. I kind of just, I took into everything that I've obviously learned of other hunting and elk hunting. It's just putting my effort into it all. I'm like, I have no other reason not to go after this buck, you know, and try to kill him. Like, and that's the thing is I'm, I'm full fledged into mule deer now. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I, I love elk, especially I very, I love elk very much, but now I'm kind of invested in a sense that I want to target. I don't, I'm not going to say numbers wise for what deer I want to target, but more just older mature deer. Cause mm-hmm. the way he was acting was, it was almost human like like almost very so intelligent on what he was his movements it was just it was blowing my mind in a sense you know him rebedding looking uphill him standing there for an hour the way he'd come out you know barely right before dark like i only saw him in the mornings one weekend or you know that the oh i saw him in the morning that first weekend then i saw him in the morning the next one but then i never saw him in the mornings after that so well and, and I mean, obviously he's like, you just said, I mean, that's why he lived that long. Right. Cause oh, yeah. I mean, I, I either you're going to get shot or a predator is going to get you. And in Wyoming, there's no shortage of predators, right? There's, I mean, I oh, would no. assume there's, I would assume there's wolves in the area. There's grizzlies in the area. You've seen them. Um, uh-huh. So there's cougars, you know, whatever. It, 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 so yeah, to, to live that long, um, you, he's smart. Like he's, he's, yeah he's been through it right very smart and that's that's what really intrigued me so much and you know after the reward of getting him down and then you know get him back to camp and then pack him out the next day it was it was surreal in a way you know and we get him back and um we got him scored um i was thinking when i was hunting him he was probably around 185 around that range but Mm -hmm. after scoring him he we taped him out with a tight tape too we didn't we didn't do any eighth over we were doing eighth under um he scored 191 and four eights um okay yeah so i mean and that's the thing is i mean i just love the frame of the deer and everything i don't really care about the score it's more or less what kind of caliber deer you're looking at so now i know looking at that deer look you know I can kind of judge what a 190 inch deer looks like compared, you know, to a 180 or whatever. Um, right. So that that's that's just good information to know. And also, I really want to know his age just to see. Um, but on his his side with the extras, 
he uh, he had 19 and three quarter inch of mass on that one wow. side. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, and so that was that was pretty surreal. Once and this thing is like once we started scoring him, I started to really realize I'm like, man, like this is he's actually a very you know very big deer, um, which which is awesome. It's it's something obviously as for me I kind of like dream about is just killing uh, a big high country mule deer. So, and to do that in the first year that I've, you know, fully dedicated into hunting, you know, here, um, it's, it's pretty special. I know that it's not going to just come every year. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already got written down everything like goals wise. And first goal I have for 2023 is to find a big buck, you know, just that I'm going to scout very hard. And now next year I'm going to be a resident. So general tag, I can hit, I can go wherever I want. So I'm I'm very motivated, very extremely motivated to find more big deer. Also, still motivated to put down elk just because I love eating elk. But right. you know, it's it's this is this is what I live for. It was like just one of those moments where it's like all all the work that I put into this deer, it all worked out. Um, which it doesn't always work out. It does, you know. It's just and it won't always work out that way again. It could, but you know, it's just more or less just keep being driven in a way to learn more about them so um yeah i i'm still i'm still on cloud nine i mean i got the deer i'm looking at him right now he's in my office but um it's good it's good motivation every day you know coming in here and i'm like all right you know definitely just have to keep working hard um yeah he's, he's definitely gonna be very special deer for a long time yeah, I mean, he, he's incredible, man. And I couldn't be happier for you. I think it is, uh, it's just awesome. You know, I can't always say this. I don't, I don't hunt a ton with family life um, right now, little kids. Uh, and I don't, I don't feel um, like I'm losing anything with that. You know, I think some people let it really get to them if they can't go, but yeah. I still enjoy it. That's why I had this podcast. I enjoy talking to uh, people like you, you know, that really go out and do it. And, um, you know, you get to bring these stories to life. And I obviously I'm not part of it, but it feels, you know, like I'm really in, in there, like when you're kind of going into details uh, and yeah, I, I, I couldn't be happier for you. And I am super excited to see what the next year brings for you. For sure. I, I'm, I'm definitely very excited and you know me, like I'm, I'm definitely very motivated toward this. So um, anything, anything I'm going to take hunting wise, I'm going to take it full head of steam. So um yeah it's i got big plans for next year for sure and it's probably going to be central around a big meal deer but we'll see definitely if i find a big big bull somewhere it might change <laughs> all right man well i appreciate you coming on here sharing that story and uh kenneth we we will look forward to seeing what hits the ground next yes thank you man it was definitely definitely good talking to you all right man you have a good evening you too thank you thank you for listening to the backcountry cardio podcast today uh the guest we had was kenneth thrall uh awesome guy look him up his instagram handle is kenneth thrall uh no periods anything like that just type it in uh great guy for elk hunting knowledge and just general fitness he grinds as hard as anybody i've ever met uh so definitely somebody you want to look up follow along there 
Uh, if you have any questions for me, you can find me at backcountrycardio.com or my Instagram handle is backcountrycardio. Thank you again for listening. Thank you.